You are watching and listening to Stuck in the Middle podcast. This is a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, creators of African descent. We hear stories, ideas, experiences, and advice on how we can break barriers, how we can break the mold. Uh, this episode, this particular episode is brought to you by our online store. Uh, so if you support us by shopping, if you go Stuck in the Middle, sitmpodcast.com backslash merch, you can shop Stuck in the Middle podcast merch. That's how we are able to drive this machine forward. You heard? Uh, thanks all the returning listeners and watchers. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you're a first-timer. Uh, hit the ringer too so you get updates every time we drop something new. All the returning listeners and watchers, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Stricter, iHeart, all that good stuff. We appreciate y'all. Do screenshots. Put it on your your post that way. You know, say we can we can expand this empire. Um, shout out to my Banya podcast. You know, you know podcast and Palm Central Assistant Brother podcast. We have a special guest in the building. We have a special guest in the building. I'm excited for this. Uh, she, her career has you know been featured on Huff Post, Huffington Post. She is a friend of the pod because she's been on IPU podcast. Those are our people. So she's definitely you know what I'm saying becoming our people just by associating with them. She's an author of a children's book, mental health advocate, tech series entrepreneur, co-founder and CEO of Afri Nanny. Please, please, please welcome Irene Obika, Stuck in Middle Podcast. How you feeling, doctor? How you doing? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel great. That's excellent. That's excellent. I know uh, we, we had to do this, you know, uh, yesterday, but you, we know you were flexible to do it today. So we want to thank you on the record for, you know, being flexible. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. No problem. How you doing in this COVID era, though? How's your mental health? I know, you know, you, you're big on mental health. How's your mental health? You purple? Are you orange? You know, what's the scale? Talk to me. Yeah, my mental health is okay. You know, I've lived through a personal pandemic before. I grew up in New Orleans and I survived through Hurricane Katrina. Mm. And I was one of those people that didn't evacuate and had to get rescued in a helicopter. So I'm a little used to being uncomfortable like this. Whew, that's huge. So. Oh, that, where, where did you relocate after, after uh, New Orleans? So when I grew up in New Orleans, and at the time during Hurricane Katrina, I was in nursing school. Mm -hmm. So after nursing school, I decided to relocate to Dallas, Texas. I mm -hmm. had family there, and I love Texas. So I decided well, to leave. What was your reason behind not leaving when the government was like, everybody got to get out? <laughs> I mean, since I grew up in New Orleans, every year they tell us the same thing. Oh, this mm -hmm. is going to be the big one. Get out. And I had an exam that Monday. And I really didn't want to be on the road 20 hours driving what's is supposed to be just a one hour drive. Ooh. So I was just stubborn. It was on me. And I decided to just stay in my apartment and not leave. Were you hurt at all? No, I didn't get hurt at all. Excellent. No, we 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 are grateful that you know saying nothing too horrible happened. But uh that's deep. That's deep. I, you know, that's an icebreaker. But for those who are unfamiliar with Dr. Irene, like who is Dr. Irene? And who is who is Dr. Irene? Dr. Irene is a wife, a mother, a sister, a friend, a serial entrepreneur, a go-getter, a hustler. Mm. I'm all of those things. Yeah, I would say like a modern-day Renaissance woman, if there is such a thing, because you you got you got a lot of hats and you fit them all and wear them all well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So um, you mentioned you were a mother. And one one of the things, as far as you know, Afri Nani is concerned, which we're gonna talk in depth about, um, that you you quoted as saying is it takes a village to raise a child. What does a village raising a child actually look like, in your words? 
So in my world, I grew up, even though I grew up in New Orleans, I grew up in a very Nigerian household. Both of my parents migrated to the States in the 80s. They had limited resources, limited help. So I grew up with the culture and the sense of family around us. And so translate that years and years later, I want the same for my kids to grow up with the sense of knowing their culture, being around people that look like them and reflect our traditional values. Mm -hmm. uh, launching in 2020, the fall 2020, um, mm -hmm. Afri Nani is, you know, a sort of like a virtual village where, you know, you can find help. Uh, that it help that it takes to raise a child. Talk to us about the platform. You know what I mean. I know we we're getting right into it. Like, what exactly is Afri Nanny? Sure, Afri Nanny is an online marketplace where families of Black children can find childcare providers with culturally relevant experience. Mm -hmm. So the idea came to me back in November of 2019. At the time, I was living in Dallas, and my husband was traveling for work, and I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have any family. I didn't have my village around me. And so I was crying, I was stressed out. So I went to different online caregiving platforms and I just got increasingly more frustrated that it was so hard to find black people, talk mm -hmm. less of Nigerians or Jamaicans or just anyone that was black that reflected the diaspora. We didn't have many options. And so that's where the idea came to don't complain about your problem, just find a solution. Mm -hmm. And so I gathered my team together and we created Afri Nanny. Was this something that, you know, you mentioned how, how much, how, how long did you stay in Nigeria? Like did you grew up there. Um, was this something that, you know, you saw working somewhere else that you like, you know what, this is needed here. Or it was just like, Hey, this is a void that needs to be filled in. No, I didn't grow up in Nigeria at all. My parents mm -hmm. migrated and I was born here. First gen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm first gen. Mm -hmm. And I know that um, other companies, they have their caregiving platforms, but they don't really cater to the Black people as their mm -hmm. primary focus. We're usually an afterthought. Mm -hmm. If you go on those different websites, you barely even see Black people, Black families represented. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really... It doesn't sit well with you as a black mother to see things like that, knowing that they don't have what you're looking for, most likely. Yeah. What were your fears getting into this, though? You know what I mean? Like you had that idea, and like, yo, this is needed. What were your fears getting into it, and how, 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 you know, what has been the struggles in bringing it up to where it's at now? I wouldn't say fears so much. I wasn't afraid to do it because I know it's a needed resource, no matter if it's the pandemic or not. You need childcare, especially mm -hmm. for your listeners who are trying to work from home and you have exactly. small kids. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can work from home mm -hmm. with small kids exactly. without any help. But exactly. some of the struggles have been just um, getting people to really feel like we're a legitimate company. I guess a lot of people think it's too good to be true or it must be some sort of scam or we're not having the proper proper safety measures in place, but all those things could be farthest from the truth. And you've actually launched already, or is it still, you know, launch? Because I know in paper it says February or of 2020. So when- Yeah, that was, that was pre-corona. Mm -hmm. That information you got post-corona, we're gonna officially launch this September, mm -hmm. hopefully, God willing, in the fall. 
but we are helping a few select families find caregivers now since we have a, a very large database of people that can help mm-hmm. and we're starting in dallas texas yeah you, that's interesting you mentioned that you know you have a very large database of people that can help so i'm guessing right now it's in the beta in the beta quote-unquote beta phase and so like what are you finding more of caregivers signing up or parents signing up I think we have a healthy mix of both. Unfortunately, with the downturn in the economy, there are a lot of people out of a job now. Mm-hmm. So people are looking into the gig economy to just get in where they fit in. Mm-hmm. So we constantly have an onslaught of caregivers. But the families also, because like I said before, they're working from home, they need some help too. Mm-hmm. And prefer people that uh, understand their culture. Yeah, yeah. And you you're based in Dallas, Texas? Yes. Uh how are you are you the first of many siblings? Talk to me about your family dynamic. You know, you got brothers and sisters. Sure, sure. I'm the middle child of six kids. Yeah. I have a yeah. <laughs> Typical Nigerian mom. Six right. kids. <laughs> six kids. I'm the middle. I have an older brother, older sister, and I have some younger siblings behind me. Most mm-hmm. of us are either in the medical field, entrepreneurs, or in law. Our mixture of all, but you know all of us have like an entrepreneurial spirit to us. You know how it is. You know the African, the African parents. You have to be doctor, engineer, or lawyer. You know what I'm saying? I know. I know. That's a whole other conversation. Though. <laughs> I know, right? I'm glad. I'm glad you and your siblings got the entrepreneurial spirit uh, going there. And you say how many kids do you have? I have two, a boy oh, okay. and a girl. How how is you know the the vetting process as far as Afri nanny is concerned? You know, both vetting the the caregivers and the parents as well because like you mentioned you're based in dallas texas mm-hmm. um i would let you answer that first and i have a follow-up question like what is what is the vetting process like with caregivers and the parents okay so for the caregivers you have to pass a background check you have to be 18 years old or older and a clean background check you can't have um you can't be a convicted felon a child molester nothing like that mm-hmm. we check for those things You also have to pass a basic safety exam just to kind of show us that you know the basic safety it takes to take care of a child well. You also have to take a cultural assessment exam. Now with the cultural assessment exam, it's not a right or wrong answer, but it just gives the parents insight on how you would respond in scenarios that black children find themselves in very commonly, very often. So that's for the caregiver side. For the parents, we just ask that they're 18 or older, and they also have to go through a background check because we're creating a, a safe virtual village. We want everyone to be feel, be safe and feel safe. Yeah. Why uh, 18 and older? Because when you're 18, that's considered an adult in this country. And so with minors going into people's homes that they might not know, it just... Uh, oh, so it, 18 and older for the caregiver, not for the parents? No, for both. For okay. both. Yeah, at this time, we just don't want to deal with any minors just because mm-hmm. of the implications of having minors on a platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understandably so. Um, when it comes to, you know, a company that based out of Dallas, Texas right now, and also, you know, passing the vetting process, examining mm-hmm. all that stuff, uh, I, I would rightfully assume that this is going nationwide, if not even, you know, up north Canada globally. 
how is the you know those exams administered and how do you ensure that it is properly administered in other states where it's not home based in dallas where you can readily drive and say hey you know i'm looking at this person are you establishing you know grassroots uh ambassadors in other states and things like that so the way they take the exams now is everything is tech enabled it's through technology we ask for a form of id we check that a human being actually goes through it when you pass the background check that's when the exam is automatically sent to you mm-hmm. but you know to further your point even though we're launching in dallas first we do plan to go national and international mm-hmm. but you have to crawl before you walk right everything is a stepping stone it takes time and it takes a lot of money (laughs) to launch a project a lot of money Mm -hmm. we're just going to take our time with it how long has this been you know i mean like a thing that you wanted to do speaking of that money money factor because i was going to ask like you know uh as a company how did you set that idea to people to get investors to join in like it's something that i think a lot of parents and caregivers to get a benefit from Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to get it off the ground, you need that capital investment that, you know, this is a platform for entrepreneurs. Somebody might be interested in like, Hey, uh, I dig this. I want to be able to open, start a company as well. Like they want to tap into your entrepreneur brain right now. So it's like, mm-hmm. how did you sell that idea? So I think it's very important for, uh, black people, Africans, especially to learn how to work together. You have to be able to work together in order to get an idea or a business off the ground. And before this project, I already had a team of people that I worked with other projects on. So it Mm -hmm. just made sense to ask them, hey, would you be interested in this? And all of my partners, they have kids. So I'm solving their problem as well. So it it really wasn't a tough sell. Mm -hmm. And the people that are coming to us for investment opportunities, they have children too, or they hope to have children one day and they can see the potential. So it's really not a hard sell if you're solving a problem that's scalable. Mm-hmm. That's what I think a lot of entrepreneurs have to really investigate in whatever industry they're trying to get into. How big is the problem and is this scalable? Meaning can it grow mm-hmm. into other markets? What is your biggest need right now as a company? Besides money? Yes. (laughs) Besides money, I would think I just need more people to know about us. Mm -hmm. They are knowing about us, trust me, but Mm -hmm. the more the better. Mm -hmm. So just more marketing assistance from grassroots people, from, you know, what you're doing at Stuck in the Middle. Mm -hmm. If you guys can help us get the word out, that'd be great. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. You know what I'm saying? Here to serve. This is for you. (laughs) You know what I mean? And um, I think a lot of people will enjoy this um, and and really tap into it because not only is COVID causing us to rethink how, you know, we we give care and receive care as far as our kids are concerned. A lot of people are having babies in this time, which is going to cause some more business for you. (laughs) <laughs> but I want to, <laughs> I want to hone in on this, on this part of like you know, since just a company as a, as a thing, like what futuristically thinking as an entrepreneur, like what, what you know, ob- obstacles do you do you see futuristically, and how how do you uh, plan on tackling those? Just you know, speaking as a government or financially, whatever. Like, do you see any, you know, hurdles in the road in the future in your way? Sure, there are always going to be hurdles. You just have to prepare for them. You have to mm-hmm. plan for them. 
something I think about often is the dropout rate. Like once the family finds a nanny, they're off mm-hmm. the platform. What do they need us for? So I don't really want to get into our business economics at this time, but there are going to be other streams of revenue for this company as well, not just matching a family with a, a nanny. And mm-hmm. that's another thing for entrepreneurs to know. Whatever business you're doing, make sure you're able to get streams of revenue. Just don't be one road minded. You have to be able to get money from all kinds of angles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's important. What is, you know, speaking to parents here for a second, what is the one thing that parents or a couple of things that parents need to consider or know, you know, while, you know, shopping or looking for considering hiring an in-home caregiver or, you know what I mean? Like a babysitter or things like that. Mm-hmm. I think parents need to make sure that the people are who they say they are. So make sure whoever you hire, it doesn't have to be through every nanny, just whoever, make sure that their background check is clear, make sure that they're competent and check the references. Because in this day and age, a lot of people are pretending to be things that they're not. So safety mm-hmm. is definitely a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, I want to backtrack a little bit, you know, talking about COVID era um, and, you know, just the struggle. First of all, like for you personally, uh, what kind of, what kind of, you know, I know we mentioned it uh, earlier, you were into mental health, but what kind of doctor is Dr. Irene? Mm-hmm. So I'm a psychiatric and a family nurse practitioner. I went to school for many, many years to learn how to administer care to patients, prescribe them medication, diagnose them, medi- you know, diagnose them with different uh, disease processes. And I got my doctorate degree on top of that. And so in my professional nine to five life, what I do is see patients from my home Mm -hmm. doing telemedicine. Like how we're talking now, that's how I would talk to the patient from my house. Isn't that convenient? You get to see the kids? I'm just kidding. I know it can be be tough. (laughs) Well, I have an Afri nanny, so I Mm -hmm. I hired an Afri nanny from from my own company. So I have a lot of help at home now. That's nice. Um, How about like, if you ever thought of, or is it, you know, uh, a good idea to you know implement cameras in a house when it comes to nanny and caregivers like sure definitely yeah we have nanny cams just mm-hmm. be open and honest with your nanny to say hey you know the camera's on you maybe mm-hmm. that'll make them behave even more so but in this technological era that we're in many many nannies and sitters they're used to it so many mm-hmm. don't have an issue with that do you mm-hmm. have any kids uh, no, I do not. Not at this time. I want, you know, I have I have a, a plethora, a plethora. I don't know if you can call people plethora. I have a lot of uh, nephews that I, you know, I dearly love, and they they are they are a headache. But <laughs> the benefit when you have kids, you're gonna need an Afri nanny. Facts. That's facts. So that's why you know this is such an important platform. Uh, I was reading on your LinkedIn, and if people are not familiar, you can go on Af- afronanny.com. You have inf- incredible blogs on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was a curated blog about, you know, the five different things that mom, five different websites that mom needs to. I was like, I was reading through it. I was like, man, this is, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Yeah, we like to give information mm-hmm. and really help people with their problems, especially black families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has, we, there, has there been, I know, you know, it's still right now, it's still in the pre-launch era, but has there been like any crazy stories or like funny stories of like nanny kid, 
nanny parent interaction? Um, um, we've had an overwhelming amount of interest from non-Black people to join the platform. How are you I'm, dealing with I'm, that? <laughs> I'm happy about it. We're open to all races, religions. We don't discriminate anyone. We mm -hmm. just specialize in the Black family because we really know their pain points because we all live through them. Mm -hmm. Me and my co-founder and, and the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been the most interesting thing so far. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's that's real interesting. I mean, I, I guess you know, I mean, everybody's having kids, so it's definitely a need. <laughs> On a personal personal note, though, like how you know, just speak to as a, as a person you know involved in mental health or people who might be dealing with that right now in the midst of a pandemic, whether it's job loss or even just parents who have kids that are you know leading them to want to rip their hair out. It's like you know how. <laughs> how would you speak to them <laughs> well i would tell them definitely find your stress relief as much as possible i know it's really limited on places you can go and things you can do but there are plenty of things you could just do at home when your mm -hmm. kid is sleeping just sit in the closet with all the lights off soft music playing and just meditate just Clear your mind of all of the social unrest going on, the pandemic stuff going on. Just remove the, the junk mm -hmm. and think good thoughts. I mean, that's something I practice every day and it's been helping me so far. Yeah, I like it. Speaking of mental health, uh, you're also an author uh, for children's book, like we mentioned earlier. Yes. Talk yes. to us about that. So backtrack about three and a half years ago when I had my son, my first son, his name is Chisom. And Chisom means God is with me in the Igbo language of Nigeria. Mm. When I had him, I intentionally gave him a very Nigerian name because I wanted him to constantly know who he was. And the best way to do that is in a name. Mm. And I wanted him to be proud of his heritage and where he comes from because I know that's something I struggled with as a first night first uh, generation Nigerian American I had a lot of identity issues I would try and Americanize my name as much as possible I would um, not want to be presented in a very African light mm -hmm. I think it's something a lot of first gens go through right. so with my son I wanted to make it a point that he knew who he was early and be proud of it. So I started a company for him called Cheese Home the Champ. Mm -hmm. And Cheese Home the Champ, that's the first book in the series. And it's all about how this Nigerian boy grows up in elementary school getting bullied and how he overcame the bully using his cultural identity. Mm -hmm. So that was the first book in the series. When did they launch? Oh, this was about three and a half years ago. What's the reception been like? That's that's a that's a that's a good good read. Oh my, it's been it's been heartwarming. Mm -hmm. People from all over the world have written me emails and letters, just really thanking me for writing such an intimate story through a child's perspective. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people's children are going through that, especially right. first generation anything, not just mm -hmm. Nigerian or Ghanaian or Kenyan, just any immigrant can relate to that story in America. I actually have the books behind me. Can you see them? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I can see. Yeah. Yep, yeah. For people who are interested, the book is on Amazon. It's available for ebook, it's available hard, hardback, okay. paperback. Yep. 
cheesomethechamp.com too. That's the, yeah. the website. And the second book in the series is called um, Hadara's Hijab. And that's about a Sudanese girl who migrated to the States with her dad. And she faces the same issues that Chisom faces. But Chisom mm. is in her class and helps her overcome her bully. Mm. So it's a very um, encouraging series, just trying to encourage kids that usually don't see themselves in, in books mm. and reading material. Mm. That's what it's all about. Uh, how did he receive it when he, when you know you presented him? I don't know the first draft manuscript or you know how did how did he receive it? Oh, uh, he loves it. He can't put it down. You know he has a a, a YouTube station too. Oh, okay. So you can go on there and see little cartoon clips of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's constantly watching that, and I'm happy that that's happening because that was the whole point was to raise his confidence. Because I know in the school system and other systems, they're built to destroy his confidence. Mm -hmm. So early on, I wanted to make sure that he was growing in his confidence levels. That's excellent. Uh, How how do you balance, you know, writing, you know, the nine to five and the business and mom and wife? how, How do you balance all this? It's very hard, but it's very rewarding. Once you know that God has a calling on your life and you're on the right track, you just, you don't want to stop. Mm-hmm. You just keep going. So that's Pers- where I find my strength. Personally, though, what do you, what do you, what are your struggles and how do you overcome them? Sometimes it can get overwhelming where there are a lot of people pulling at you and wanting to speak to you and wanting something from you. But I just put things in perspective and I have a lot of, Uh, meditation exercises I do. I love my Peloton bike. That's something I've been on during this pandemic. I like, you know, watching Netflix, chilling with my husband. I I do normal Mm -hmm. people stuff too. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Uh, What, what, you know, projects as far as like, you know, thinking, thinking ahead, what, what projects do you think, you know, is it finishing the the, the book series or just getting, you know, Afro, Afro nanny up, you know, and running and stable or, you know, I mean, just working. What projects do you have in mind? Yeah, we're going to do more series, more books in the series, more cartoons, hopefully even turn it to movies, mm-hmm. as well as building the Afri Nanny brand because it's such in demand, not mm-hmm. only uh, in the States, but globally too. I, the outreach has been tremendous. So I really do want to help families find childcare providers mm-hmm. that understand them. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to, I want to turn, you know, saying the attention a little bit and talk about a blog you wrote. It's mm-hmm. available right now on Medium. Uh, it's a, it's a good read. It was published May 14th um, by Dr. Irene Obika. Like I said, it's titled why moms are scared for their black sons, real life reasons. Um, your mother, you know, of Chisum, like you mentioned, and we live in a time right now where this is so real. This is so important. Uh, and you, I want to give you, you know, like the, the, the platform to talk about you know this very real situation real thing and in this blog post like why did you chose to write it and just talk to us about it yeah thanks for bringing that up i think um with all the social unrest going on with the george ford killing and the many many killings of black men that we see regularly mm-hmm. on television it just really made me start reflecting on my relationship with my son and how it feels as a mom to see him getting older, getting taller, and I'm constantly 
worrying at what point will people stop seeing him as cute and start seeing him as a threat. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was important to kind of highlight those issues that mothers of Black sons go through mentally and silently, because oftentimes we don't talk about it. But Mm -hmm. that's something that's on our mind a lot. Actually, my older brother in Houston, his son already experienced um, a racial encounter as young as four years old. Mm. So you know, seeing that happen to him also really made me think, hmm, we really need to shine some more light on this issue. Mm -hmm. What can, you know, uh, and I know one of the topics right now when it comes to, you know, not only just fighting for, you know, uh, Black lives and, you know, Black rights in America, is also protecting Black women. You know what I mean? Like, what can... Uh, our, our husbands, our brothers, us as men do, um, not only in, you know, fighting for our sons' lives and our lives, but also protecting our mothers and our sisters. How much time do you have? All the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, what can Black men to do, do to protect Black women? Yes. I think for starters, whenever you see any sort of disrespect or injustice done to a Black woman, it's time to speak up about it and do something about it. Mm. Just don't turn a blind eye because it's not your mother, it's not your sister, it's not your girlfriend. It's still your your sister. So never um, just ignore what Black women are going through because we're going through a lot. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of hats that we're wearing. We are doing many, many things. So always being an advocate for Black women, that's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's 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 important, and uh, I think you know it's very needed. You know, to protect our our black women because they are by our sides one hundred percent and every day, twenty four seven, protecting us as well. So that's really that's really that's a really good word. Um, anything we didn't touch on as far as Afro ninety is concerned, and your many 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 hats. <laughs> <laughs> well, just Afro ninety is launching in September. The full website launch. I want everyone to check it out even though you might not be in Dallas you can still get on there because we have some caregivers that are willing to travel Mm. to wherever you are and be a living nanny Mm -hmm. if that's something that you really need so afrinanny.com and like you mentioned thank you we have a lot of great content to uplift the black family so so read it I keep saying afrinanny it's uh, afrinanny.com it's the website uh, Dr. Irene doing an incredible job. I think it's so needed. It's plugging a hole that has needed to be filled. Uh, it is a very, 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 very much needed platform. I can't stress that enough. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us um, and uh, breaking it all down. And uh, I just wanted to thank you and shout out AK and Achiri in the back, making it happen. <laughs> appreciate yeah. y'all Dr. Irene thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today thank you and follow us Nanny underscore inc hey on IG Insta- that's Instagram and Twitter yeah 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 that's our handle for everything sweet the website is there go on there get all the information you heard it uh, if you are checking us out you like what you heard like what you saw this is Stuck in Middle Podcast like I said in the beginning a platform for entrepreneurs innovators uh, like Dr. Irene if you 
are new to the podcast, hit the subscribe button. Send us an email if you want to write for us, sitmpodcast237 at gmail.com. Um, like I said, shout out to AK, shout out to Ma for making this podcast happen. Uh, appreciate y'all checking in. And I am Reflex, and we are out.